This DJ and TV show is sponsored by DJ Event Planner, Electra Voice, DJ Trivia and DJ Bingo, ProX Direct, NLFX Pro. Promo only. Odyssey cases. Perfect portals. JMOS lighting. Instant DJ requests. And our DJ NTB insiders. This is John Young from DJN TV. Thanks for watching. Hey, good evening, and welcome to Monday Night here on DJN TV. Tonight, MJ and I are going to take you through a plethora of topics. That was my word of the day. Plethora. Plethora. That's what they make those fake seats out of, isn't it? Plethora. Plethora. No, no, that's that's you know, naga hide or something like that. But oh, that, leather. Yeah, fake stuff. But leather. We used to call it pleather. <laughs> pleather. That's that. Uh, I think we're going down a road we don't want to go tonight. So for tonight, uh, we're going to kind of do a, a couple of different things. We're going to hit some different questions that have been popping around here on the inter, on the uh, interweb of the DJ world here in the last few days. And then we're going to talk about DJX, which is going on right now in Atlantic City. Uh, we've been kind of watching the channels. We've got Dan uh, Dan Carpenter, who would typically be right, uh, right there. He'd be right down there, and he would be the one doing all the talking. Uh, but Dan is on site, and he's going to be kind of covering this show for us, and he's been uh, get t getting some pictures. If you've been following our Instagram page, we've been popping some pictures up there, so you guys could check those out. And, uh, yeah, I think tonight, actually, Howie and, Howie and the crew is getting ready for tomorrow night at Beret. Uh, they went over to go and move some things around and to get some, get some gear in position so that tomorrow night at 8 o'clock at Beret, uh, will be the DJ and TV chill event that uh, the whole the whole crew, pretty much everybody but you and I. And you know that's okay, that's okay because they're going to do a great job, great job indeed. Let's see, uh, Adrian, Mike, Mike, our you guys are with us. Thank you for jump, jumping in there, uh, Philip. Thank you for being on with us there. I see that. On the, uh, on the, why is it not showing up there? But I'm seeing it there. Huh. Anyway. Oh. Um. So, MJ, where do we want to start tonight? Uh, saying hello to Steve Slick. That's where Oh, yep, Steve popped in there. Yeah, I'm seeing on, on Facebook, I, I got a notification that somebody's uh, liked our video. 
Philip liked her video, but it's not doesn't show up over here. Interesting. Yeah, the chat, I'm only seeing the YouTube in the chat. Is yeah, YouTube's all showing up in the chat, but I popped it popped as a notification. You start it or something. Now, Me, not, start it, not you. Yeah, I think it's well, whatever. We'll I'll, I'll deal with it. If you are watching us on Facebook tonight and you want to say something, you might need to slip over to youtube.com forward slash Distraction <sighs> News. Join us there and we can see your questions and stuff. Because we are going to take questions tonight. We're going to talk a little about the expo, what little bit we know so far. Um, show you a little bit uh, uh, what we know. I guess that's all we can say is yeah. what we know. Because yep. we don't know a lot. We just know what we know, you know? No, I don't know. Okay, that's good. So first off, well, since we'll, the first question really almost leads into uh, the discussion about DGX. Uh, so so let's just kind of deal with this question. I kind of talk about it from our two perspectives a little bit, and then we'll kind of drift off into what uh, we've been hearing from uh, Atlantic City. But one of the questions I saw, I think, a half a dozen different times, and most of the time it's been kind of, kind of poo-pooed, and no one really talked about it too much. But there was one one th- uh, spot where there was a lot of conversation, and the question basically was: Is are DJ shows or DJ expos uh, of value to go to anymore, or have those days passed? And and I'm gonna kind of jump back into the early 2000s when we were first going to the shows, late 90s, early 2000s. The show was a place where there was so much you could do there that you couldn't do anywhere else. I'm going to put a thumbtack in that, MJ, because when you went to the first first convention, the first uh, uh, expos, why did you go? What was your the, the real push for you to go that made you? I got happen? kidnapped. And um... <laughs> <laughs> now, honestly, I think my first one was because I'm, a, you know, obviously that's the main thing I cover on disc jockey news is the technical side of things and i wanted to go see gear um i remember sharing pictures online at my first expo and a friend of mine commenting hey we're really excited to see all the new equipment but could you please calm down your camera's shaking so much we can't see the gear (laughs) (laughs) um i was quite excited to be there that's like i said that's probably what drew me was just the fact that there was so much gear and along with the expo pass, because I only got the um, showroom floor pass, you got to also go and see the promo only shows. And there was always some big names on that. And I think it was the, the combination of getting to be a little bit apart about that. I was there by myself. I hardly knew anybody. Um, but th- I think that was probably what drew me at the beginning. Yeah. And I think that that idea of seeing the gear and if we kind of go back in time before, yes, the Internet was there and there were things on the Internet. But there weren't as many people doing videos on gear. You didn't have a Rachel Lynch or Brian Red or whoever that were getting the gear. Like you know, the first first ten of them coming across, you know, six of them were going are going to influencers nowadays in that world. At that time, it wasn't there. So if you wanted to go and touch the latest controller, you know, the Denon when the six thousand came out, the first generation of it, the only place we could we could see it initially was at a show. You couldn't see it anywhere else. And around our neck of the woods, there weren't the gear shops that would have had such a thing. So you went to that to see new gear. And so it really was your first opportunity to not only touch it, but to learn about it. As a DJ, you tend to see the equipment that the people around you use. And there's just so much more out there. And that was one of the things for me is I just wanted to see what else was out there. Mm-hmm. And I think at that time, uh, if we think back to all the companies that were pre- presenting or showing at the in the exhibit hall back then, 
there were times where there were four or five different companies that had specific like controllers specifically you had a variety of different controllers out there so yeah. you were able to say hey I can check this company out or this company out or this one or hey th- there's a little startup over here that I've never heard of before that all of a sudden came out of the woodwork yeah I remember the first time seeing uh, some of the tiny was it Hercules yes it had the tiny ones yep they had and Casio had a small one too and I was like what the heck's this mm-hmm yeah, yeah, very much so. They they were some of those early, and, and it was kind of neat because it wasn't. There was something there for everybody. I mean, if you were starting out a beginner DJ, there were there was something there from this company, like especially yeah. specifically Hercules. And if you were someone who was into the club world, well, there were things for you there also. And I, and there's a part of me that uh, looking at the exhibit hall today, um, the map of that, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. You're just kind of like, oh, you know, I don't know if those days are completely over but it sure feels like it. I, I think, in my opinion, it's not going to be what it used to be, simply for the fact, like you said, that people can see the stuff online wherever they're at. Uh, with the internet, you're able to connect with more DJs, and if there's a DJ an hour away from you, you can take a drive and check out if he purchased that piece of equipment. Um, there are shops now, at least more than you know before, it was just DJ shops, but with guitar centers everywhere, you get a little bit like our guitar centers here don't have a lot of equipment in them, mm-hmm. um, but some of them do. But uh, it's it's just a different world now how you shop. I mean, nobody buys anything from brick and mortar anymore. Um, nowadays, I know people that purchase from Amazon their DJ equipment, test it, don't like it, send it back. Yep. So that's how they try it now. Like, why do I drive to Atlantic City when I can just have something shipped to me? And as long as within 14 days I return it, I'm good. Mm -hmm. It's sad that it's done that way, but a lot, a lot, a lot of people are doing that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And to to prove that point, when we see uh, these Amazon return um, liquidation centers... You know, Minneapolis, they just did a, they just talked about that on the news the other day. And there's like four new ones that have, that are just packed with return items. Yeah. Most of it in fine shape. There's nothing wrong that's, with it. But that's it's where like, I get some stuff. I mean, I, over the, I didn't tell anybody, but when there was a shortage on the um, uh, uh, Pioneer 1000 SRT, um, I threw one of those return centers, found two of them, uh, one for about $500. <laughs> And the other one for about seven hundred, and I tried it, didn't like it, and sold them both for a large profit. Um, a friend of mine ended up getting a um, the Rain One, like I have. He paid a little over five hundred dollars for it. Hmm. So there, there's things like that that if you're willing to take a chance and not worry about a, a warranty, other than the factory warranty, there's just a lot of options. But a lot of people do do the returns on lights and everything. Oh, everything, everything. So, so that was one of the big draws for, for shows at one time. The other area that was a, a big draw specifically for the Las Vegas show was the educational side of things. There were times where there, there were a thousand people in that educational seminar room. Um, I, somebody sent me a message today talking about the DJ Expo or the DJX seminar room, and there were over 350 seats in that room. But I didn't see in the pictures that popped out today, I did not see that the educational seminar room was full at any time today. There were spots where there's four or five chairs here, six chairs over there, three over there that were empty. I'd be interested to see the numbers after this year because last year and the year before, obviously, you can't count them as anything. But this would be the first year that it kind of normalizes out. 
but also that someone I didn't even think about this, that this would be the first year for people who have kids. The kids can go to summer camp for the first time. People who didn't get to take a vacation can now take a vacation. So some of that might be biting into who shows up. Um, so it's just kind of be interesting. I still don't think this year will be a good reflection of the future. I, I, it, there's just going to be too many variables. That's all. I, I definitely agree with uh, agree with that. Is that is getting closer? And as Dan had mentioned in, in just before we went live, he uh, messaged a couple of things over, and he did talk that it's the the hugs and the the you know the handshakes and things are closer to pre-COVID time than they were even last year when uh, when DJ Expo went on. So yeah. that that part's coming along. So we had, at one time, the education was a, a draw. The exhibit hall was a draw. Those things now probably aren't as much of a draw. So it really breaks down, it comes down to a show like this is to to be able to network or to see friends or to meet, you know, the people that you see online, you know, to go shake the hand of Rachel Lynch or what, anyone like that. So the question becomes comes back to, are the shows today worth the, worth the investment? And, and I... I think the best way to to answer this is doing touching a little Ben Stowe and saying it depends. It depends. It depends. Yes, it depends. Um, if you're looking for educational content, and you're a person who can learn via video and online, there's way more content and more educational things that you can find and learn in your your living room or wherever that's out there and available. Uh, at this year's show, there's going to be there's two or three different uh, companies that are selling training programs of some sort out there. So you obviously you don't have to be there. You can find out about them, and then you could be taking training any number of training programs. We've got training things. Other people have it. There's a lot of stuff out there. Some people aren't that type of learner. They need to have someone in front of them, and they need to be seeing, and they need to be in that classroom setting. And that's obviously then a show becomes valuable because then you are focused in on that. So I get that. So that could give you value. The other side of it, some people like to see new gear. This isn't the year for that, unfortunately, because there's just not that much because of the whole supply issue. Will it be back and better? Yeah, it will be better in the future. Will it be as great as it once was? I don't think so. I might be wrong. It might come back and, and all of a sudden all these companies that used to be there come back. I just don't think they're going to. I think there's going there are other ways for them to reach their audiences, sending a controller out to whoever and having them do that, and then letting them answer questions for the next six months, because that's how this game works, is that you, you you guys see me talking, or MJ talking about a piece of gear, and then after that, for the next three to six months, the private messages that are, hey, I have I, I just picked one of those up, and how do you make that little red light turn to green? I mean, I just really want to make that red light turn to green. Uh, huh? Like making the yellow lights turn to red. Yeah, you know whatever it is. But so I think <laughs> volume. That, I mean, yeah, they get it up all the way into the red. So I, I think that there's there's going to be a time where things are going to get better, but I don't think we're going to get back to that point. So it comes back to is it worth it? I think if you're going to go for the education and that's your driving thing and you learn well that way, yeah, you can make it. You can find one good tip or a couple of good ideas that you can implement into your business can change could could tenfold in in return financial return so if you're if you can learn that way if you can't learn that if that isn't your learning style and you're not a social person to go and talk to other djs if you're basically just going there for one small as, aspect of the show maybe it's not worth it for you and i think there's a lot of djs who fall into that category is that they want to go there and they're, they're there to see um, the new controllers. And if that's all you're there for, maybe you'd be better off 
you know, getting something sent out from Amazon, truthfully. I think one of the things that, that we forget, because I'm not a social person, I've mentioned that maybe once or twice on the uh, show. Really? Is, uh, this is news to me. No, I know. Yeah. I, I, I've been you, keeping you it, it so well. Um, but it is a place that if you don't have people in your life to talk about DJ stuff, because people can get really annoyed who aren't into this, you know, wanting to, you know, we want to talk about the gear, the software, this or that. Um, this is a place that you can go and talk. I was talking to somebody the other day that he said when him and his wife first got married, he always had a night that he went out with his DJ friends to eat. And she was like, well, how come you never invite me to go with you guys? And he's like, well, you can come along, but I'm warning you, you, yeah. you won't want to come back. And he said they were in the middle of arguing, not his, him and his wife, but the other DJ friends of what year Toto's Africa came out. And he said he turned to his wife and said, do you get it now? And she's like, yep. <laughs> so it can be a place not only to network, but to be able to just talk shop with people who want to talk shop about that. 1982? 82. I, I guessed it right. Other people were going, 83, 84. I'm like, I think it was 82. It was 82. Was 82. looked it up. Yeah. No, yeah, I, didn't, up. I didn't look it up. I, I was typing it in to confirm. Yeah, I was we're that old. <laughs> yeah, we, was, we were there, actually. But, but the other thing is, is you had mentioned, John, that if it doesn't go back to the gear, go and see all the gear, it has always been a show where people drive in to maybe get deals. Could it become more of a place where people can come and buy equipment at a discounted price i think i don't want to say flea market but you know what i mean and i think this is this is actually probably a time we should pop the map the exhibit hall map up if you don't mind there mj because that i think is one of the things that's going to continue to set djx or dj expo apart from the other shows is it has become uh, more of a and we use the phrase flea market that's actually not a great a great but it's a, a cash and carry event where people drive in, they come in there with a, a empty credit card, and they're like, "Yeah, this is," and they're going to get some really good deals on on some gear. Uh, MJ Jay from Jay from Pioneer, his post today over on Instagram was a picture of him with the booth behind him all blurred out, and he said, "We have lots of equipment for you to test and buy." So that was that was his thing, you know, like that they are pushing that they do have stuff there, and if you are there and you want to buy something, you're going to get a good deal on it. Yeah, certainly not. That's been, I mean, I've, we live in Minnesota and there have been times where I've, I've had things shipped back. Um, there was one of the times I had checked a, a box in as a second suitcase because the price of what the items were there were, were so good that I just could not get them back yeah. here uh, at and those I prices. know people that will go to a thrift shop in there in Jersey and buy a suitcase to, to be able to fly their stuff back sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, buy like a, you know a five dollar suitcase at the thrift shop and be able to put their stuff in it, and fly so, it back. MJ, can you pop that map up of the exhibit yeah. hall floor? Let's talk about uh, some of that because for those who've never been there before, um, now we're going to start off. This is the show floor map that they handed out. Uh, Dan sent this over, and we kind of combined it into one image. Um, this isn't the size it used to be. And you've got many factors involved with it, uh, how the industry is, and we've talked about that. But we're going to just, we're going to kind of go through a little bit uh, of what, a couple of those specifically, the the where the good, good deals tend to be. Uh, first, I, I want to point out that yeah, this is Pioneer's booth. And on a good year, let's say 19 or 18, 2017, there were many booths this size. 
Yes, that was very common uh, to have that because you had you had Pioneer who had a big uh, you had American DJ Chauvet had a big booth like that. Um, Blizzard at one time had twice Blizzard. that. Yeah, because um, they had a huge uh, huge. Evie area. always had a big booth. Yep, Evie had a big uh, one. RFC yeah. had one a couple years ago. Big. Um, who else had big ones? So and again, this is yeah. this is a a sign of of not so much the show and the attendees. It's just a sign of the re, you know the reality of our our world right now is that some of these companies aren't getting enough uh, enough uh, enough stuff to be able to do the booth like this and uh, and or the the gear to to do that. I mean, you look at uh, da, 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 da. where's Proex? Proex is uh, just to the left of Pioneer. There have been years that uh, Gabriel from ProX had a booth that size. Well, due to due to some different uh, situations, he doesn't have the gear uh, to the level that he had. You know, the variety of different things to sh to display that he used to have. So it's you know it's just the reality. You can't get things sent from there to here. You get uh, you know you do what you can. So, so some of the uh, pioneers going to have uh, some of their controllers because most of their controllers that you've been hearing about, especially last December and January, those that, that came out, they're going to be there and in stock and ready to go. So you're talking about kind of the mid-level controllers and some of the entry-level controllers from Pioneer are going to be available. Uh, Techniques, usually that booth is selling headphones is a, a big part of what they sell and you can usually get some of the best prices on the techniques headphones pro x uh, gabriel's got a lot of the different um, you, you've seen these the different tables and the stands and booths and things and and trussing he also is a this is a spot where you can pick things up because there's no virtually no shipping you know it's basically you they come in there and they load and go um let's see i don't there's an Innofader booth. None of the Innofader Jetpack. I mean, while they do have Jetpack, does have um, does have some some backpacks there that are, are they they're cheaper here than the, anywhere else. Uh, I'm I'm not a I don't have one. I'm not going to buy one because I think they're still overpriced for what they are. But that's just me. Um, you the got Innofaders also with 12 inch skin, so it's for people. Okay, uh, so that they're kind of that's that's what I saw coming a couple years ago is brands getting together like we saw who was it it was um who was it a couple years ago it was um roland and somebody else i want to say uh bpm supreme that's what it was yeah yeah roland and bpm supreme so which we do have something similar to that going on uh, with with uh jetpacks and beat source yeah, I think they're, they're going to have a couple of companies that are being represented represented by a yeah. sales team, and they have a couple of different things in the in the uh, area there. Um, just kind of scroll up a little bit there, and MJVK, you got DAS uh, speakers, uh, uh, AMS. I don't remember which companies are under AMS. Um, maybe somebody remembers that uh, the American. You got a DJ association there. You got the Audio Technica right there, which is doing microphones. KRK. Those are going to be two. If you're looking for that, actually, that whole booth there, Mixware, that's going to be one of the areas where you can go and you could score some good deals in there. Audio Technica will have their wireless microphones and studio mics. I've purchased those here before. KRK speakers. Uh, I think I've got four or five pair of speakers from this show. Because, I got a set of studio headphones right here from KRK. Yeah, and there's they. 
they this is their their best price of the year comes from here and mixware will have lights and their magma bags i've purchased magma gear products here also from that i believe they are also having some performances in their booth okay nice nice uh, JMoz will have some. Uh, last year, I heard they had some tremendous show specials. JMoz Lighting, which is a sponsor of us here, so uh, we want to uh, encourage you to go check their their gear out with their uh, light bar and such. Uh, Danny Max has got some some photo booth things that are there. He's, he had some good prices on that. Uh, just trying to see if there's anybody else who has has great deals. Chauvet typically has been repped by um, by by. Uh, IDJ now, and I'm not sure if they're being repped by IDJ now, but they this is usually where they have some of the best pricing of the year on Chauvet lights. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's, you know, it's been okay. Occasionally, your local dealer can get about the same pricing if you uh, if you reach out and say, hey, there's a trade show going on. Ace Boss has another room upstairs that you can sample their stuff, and a lot of people do buy Base Boss at the show to also save the price sometimes. Yeah. Yep. And not going to get a lot. But if you can haul it, yeah, and yeah. you can buy demo or buy the uh, yeah. the booth one. Which that used to be a bigger thing than now, isn't it? Maybe. Bo- booth stuff that sold. Yeah, it, maybe, it, it, maybe it has been. I guess I don't know. You know, Base Boss, I think they, aren't they a West Coast company? So someone like that may have more interest in, uh, in I mean, right. Danny, Danny Max, as an example, two or three weeks ago was saying, hey, um, you know, the, here the gear, the demo gear is for sale, and it's going to be twenty percent off. I don't know what it was, ten percent off, yeah. but he was he was offering it. So uh, let's go to that back row there. Uh, I'm trying to see. If there's really Island sound systems, Sherman specialties, RPM top hits. Yeah, you know, variety, variety of different eight. different booths. I don't think there's any of them that are. You know, like Bose has, you know, a decent price. RCF will have decent price, but it isn't anything that's like, oh my gosh, I got to go get my car right now. Pricing, yeah. Yorkville, uh, they're all they're they're they've got some show pricing, but it's nothing, nothing. You know, that's just like, oh my gosh. There's there's a there are a couple. One uh, interesting one. You guys have Brandon Havrilla has been on with us many a times over the years, and that Red Max at uh, six twenty five is his booth. Um, he's going to be doing uh, doing some things at the show that he's never done before as far as this is his first time exhibiting. So it'll be kind of interesting. It looks like from his teaser videos, he's going to be doing some photo booth um, props and things. So uh, looking forward to my, finding out more this is going to be a busy booth. <laughs> the cash bar. Ironically, <laughs> you would think that they would be, or you know, but they're not. You know, there, there's a couple of people who go over there, but it's... the in a uh, in a space like that the drinks are eight dollars oh, a piece there i didn't notice this there is a portableist display and those of you don't know what a portable it's those little uh 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 i'm blanking on brands now <sighs> a portabust is that what it is portabust uh yeah huh. i yeah anyways i can't think of it but yeah well, dan dan's gonna be doing a walkthrough video and yeah. taking us through everything so so, but anyway, that's just kind of a quick little overview. the The show still has some value uh, where you can go in there and find some great deals. So don't don't get us wrong that it's not, but it's not like like it used to be. There used to be some unique things that you could only find there. Uh, I don't have my laptop, but there were some there were some things like a cord protector for your laptop charger that was that I found there one time. There were um, some you know the deck saver the very first time, which is going to be there under the yes. um, mixware. But there's unusual things that you find there that you've never seen anywhere else and those types of little gems hidden gems are you know few and far between 
Uh, yeah, Ernie mentions Denon uh, it w- used to be there. Gemini used to be there. Newmark, uh, which is now with Denon and with Rain, and that, uh, that's the in music company. And though they are not, uh, they are not there um, this year. And who knows if, if how many of these companies, you know, Electro Voice is another one. Are they going to come back to the shows, or have they figured out a a new methodology of reaching reaching clients? Yeah, it could be a future of smaller booths with just like their newest product and their main product. Yeah. Sort of thing. Instead of being everything they own multiples out for, you know, 20 people to be trying at the same time. And again, it, it, we drop back to the with the world of influencers that are out there. You send uh, you send gear to the right people and it if let's say your speakers are $1000 speakers, if they sell for a thousand dollars, that means you probably have like three hundred dollars into uh, uh, or each speaker. So for six hundred dollars in shipping, I can send these out to an influencer, and I can do that ten times. So now I've got you know seven thousand dollars into getting gear out to these ten influencers. Whereas to fly a team into Atlantic City and to put them up in a hotel and to feed them and to buy the booth and do all these things, it's really easy to get a twenty thousand dollar show. And sometimes those influencers can reach a lot more. Yeah. And half of them you buy by just giving them the equipment that they have. Yeah, very much so. I think I think it's just like everything else in the world, things evolve and change. You know, to whatever mm-hmm. level this is going to, uh, it has to. I mean, it just things just don't stay the same. I mean, we look at even some of the late night parties and how they're kind of changing. Um people aren't coming as much as they used to so you have to do something to get new people in so they're going to change that and same way with the showroom and also some of the uh, uh seminars you'll see those change a little bit uh we seeing a lot of D, uh how to dj people there not just how to get brides to sign and that sort of thing but physical hands-on djing schools doing stuff there very much so and that's a switch also in 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 seminars even so you're going to see a switch on things um to what level i think what we have to think about now is the supply chain and the fact that if there was a normal supply chain there probably would be new products from all the brands maybe but we just don't it's just not there so we can't we can't be down on them if nobody has anything. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that's just kind of the way to look at that. You can't expect, you know, if nobody has anything, then you can't be mad at someone for not having something. Yeah, yeah, that. That's my logic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, our shows. There are different shows out there. There's the Vegas. There's Chicago. There's small ones. There's big ones. Um, those are growing too. There's yeah. a switch for you. Instead of everybody coming to one thing, there's a different regional ones that have a lot of great people show up for them too. Exactly, and th- and this is where you can you can really kind of pick and choose. Uh, uh, a gentleman was talking earlier about uh, you know really looking at the educational you know who's speaking, what are they speaking on, to make that decision on the value to to a person. Um, I think when you get to a point and you've been in the career, the industry for a while, you go to and you may find you know a couple of nuggets is really what you're looking for because you've heard a lot of this, you've you've experienced it, you've taught other people much of what you're going to hear at these shows. You're looking for the nuggets. I think if you go into a show looking for just a couple of ideas and you're going there to see friends and to recharge your battery, doing as MJ mentioned of talking to people to talk shop. Although I can't, I gotta say MJ, I've been to many of the conventions where. After about 20 minutes, I, I'm tired of talking DJ. 
Because there's some people who are like, oh my gosh, DJ, spinning, 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 mixing, mixing, woo! You know, they're just going. And it's like, you know, dude, how's your, how's your spouse? You know, how are, how's, how's the family? How's life? You know, did that rash ever clear up? You know, hey. Ah, yeah. I'm on the other end of it because when we did a thing in Vegas for Photo Booth Expo, um, I have a little Surface Go, which is like basically a Windows tablet, and I have virtual on that. And I'm telling you, every time I stopped, I'm pulling that out, people are asking questions. So literally, I had this thing with me all every – we went to that uh, mixer party. Uh, it was a second night or something, mm -hmm. and I spent half the time over against the wall with just people huddled around me as I'm showing them stuff. So it works out for me being able to talk about stuff like that. Because what am I going to do? Go socialize with somebody? I don't think so. Yeah, and I think that there really becomes the 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 benefit of it is that someone like yourself who who would go in that kind of an area is something you like to do and you enjoy. You can do that. You know, someone like myself, I can go talk for a little while about about the stuff, and then I can go and and catch up on the family and uh, and any different things for other other uh, folks. So it really, I think it's it. it are they they can be valuable and they can in, enhance your experience enhance your life enhance your business but i think the idea is you have to be going into it with the proper mindset they're not a miracle worker you can't be basically oh my gosh i'm gonna i'm gonna spend my last thousand dollars we're just about broke honey but i bought these three beans and these three beans are going to save our you know save no it's not that type of thing it's something that you can go in open-minded and and wanting to to connect, do some things, enjoy yourself, and, and and learn a little bit, and it can be a very valuable experience. Yeah, it's kind of to some people, it's a DJ vacation. Oh, very much so. It's it is a paid uh, or it's a write-off vacation. Uh, go to Las Vegas, go to Atlantic City. Although I think if I were going to, you know, between the two, they all they both stink. Literally, I still want Anaheim. I haven't been to that one. I still want to go to Anaheim. Jan January, Anaheim, Nam. You know, the, when you, it's like 20 below here and I get down there and it's like 70, it's like, oh man, why do we live in that state? Uh, Adrian asked a really good question. How often are influencers disappointed with purchases uh, they have made because of product that uh, didn't meet expectations? I think it's way more than, than uh, a person would realize that there's numerous times where a person gets a piece of gear and it's average or or poor quality um sometimes it just doesn't fit what they want yeah I, I don't know maybe it's not so much does doesn't fit maybe i can't do the things they need it to do that you know they you've got the sound system you're like oh my gosh this looks and this is great um you know thinking an example of that that i had is i purchased one of the carbon systems with the big 18 inch sub and it was the it was a uh, kind of a predecessor it was during the time when the bose had their bose the l1 the very first uh, their first array systems carbon came out with one and it's like this is going to be great and it wasn't it right. was okay but it wasn't great, and I was expecting with the the bigger drivers in the in the array and that, and then the bigger woofer. It's like this is going to be something I can use at high schools. I can use everywhere, and it made a lot of noise, but it wasn't very good noise as far as I was concerned. So, it's there are times where that happens. Um, to be very truthful, very few of the influencers you're seeing out there are buying their gear. It's just not something that happens too often. Most of the time, you're seeing either they're sending out the gear to the influencer, and they're going and they're you know testing it, doing the video on it, and using it a little bit. Um, one big indication is uh, if you're paying attention is to see how long the the influencer is using that piece of gear. 
If they use it for one video and it's gone, that could be a couple of different things. One thing is it wasn't as good as they said it was if they were raving about it. Um, there's times where you get, you've got so much gear, you just have to make a decision. It's like, okay, I can't, I can't be taking 10 speaker systems out all summer long. You find the one that you like the most and you roll with that. And there's times where the companies will send it out and have a person do a video on it. And, uh, then they, they want to pick it up again. Um, so there's different things, but generally if there's somebody who's doing a lot of videos and, and ourselves included, you know, we are, we're not paying for, um, must much of the gear. When it comes to the electric voice stuff, about half of my electric voice stuff has been stuff sent out to me for doing video review. And then like the subwoofers and, and uh, I've, I've added two, you know, I purchased the Bose, the, or not Bose, the, um, the Evolve 50s. You know, I bought, I bought a set of the Evolve 50 M's. Uh, I purchased uh, sets of subs for, for our different shows because I wanted to have multiple subs uh, for the show. So a lot of the stuff comes comes free. You do your videos, you use it, and you can give a, an opinion on it. And then there's um, some of the stuff that is purchased. Most of the time when I'm doing a, a video, it doesn't matter if I purchased it or if somebody, if it was sent out, um, I'm, I'm unless it's really bad, I'm not going to be saying is this sucks. But I will be very, very honest and say that this is for this application. It's not going to do a high school dance. It's for... Uh, in an American audio piece a few years back uh, was a prime example of that. It was a little 100-watt, 15-inch, two-way cabinet. It was the ELS something or another. It wasn't a go. What was it used for? It's basically designed for cocktail music in the backyard. Nothing more than that. And that's what I, you know, it sounded good at cocktail level and a backyard volume. Anything beyond that, it was not a speaker uh, for someone. And people were like, well, I want to, can I use it for a dance? No, in the video I said it was good for cocktail music in the backyard. It can't handle anything more than that. And it, that's, I'd rather tell you the truth of where I'm going with it than to say, uh, you know, this speaker stinks because, well, it can't do a you know, 3,000 kid high school dance. No, it can't. But for 100 bucks, you, two of them, you put them in a rental system and somebody can go use them. And if they break them, big deal. You paid for them in, you know, in, in a rental. I got so. sent a set of headphones one time from Stanton just many, many years ago. And I had to go back to them to tell them, um, I'm just letting you know, I can't say anything good about these headphones at all. And he's like, really? I'm like, I couldn't even recommend them to anybody. And, and I said, you know, I said, I'm, I'm not going to do a video because I don't want to like tell you how bad they are. And he's like, well, okay, then. Yeah, and that that has happened. Uh, I've, I have that happen more in the handyman in the tool world, because companies will send out. You know, all of a sudden something appears, and it's like, well, what's this? Oh, look! And then you start you putz with it a little bit, and it's like, okay, there's absolutely nothing of this that I would I wouldn't recommend this. I would not give this to someone free because it is it is a and, and there's been no, <laughs> there was a welder that came in. And it literally went from from in to I sent I took it to the recycling place because it was like it was just not uh, I was never going to to uh, use that or recommend that. Uh, there's just there are things like that, and it does happen, and it has happened in the uh, the audio industry. We had a lighting controller that was sent out that we started working with, and it was just like oh my gosh, whoever came up with this was just really kind of brain dead. It was such a bad design and a bad a bad uh, a bad idea. And there's, you know, there's lights over there. There's microphones. Actually, there's a microphone right back here. A couple of microphones that um, you just, they just don't work. 
And it's not because they're a fluke. It's just that they're they're designed so poorly that it's, you know, they sound like I'm talking like this. It's like, how can you, who in your product development thought that that was a good sound and said, Ooh, let's get that microphone out on the field. Uh, so anyway, influencers, I think are going to be, but I think it's, uh, as somebody mentioned, like T Cleveland Terry and, and a few others who are, you know, are going out there and being very honest with it because there's some folks that I've, I've seen, uh, doing a video on a, a light and it's like, okay. I've watched six videos on this light and it's, there's a flaw in the light and every one of those six videos hid the flaw. It's like, mm. how in the world can you people, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, here's the light and here's this flaw. And now this flaw is not going to, it's going to be something that you would need to know about. It doesn't, you can, you can function without it, but if you watch the videos and that piece is missing because it is a, a piece that breaks, it's a flaw that they, they need to deal with. Doesn't mean that it won't function. It's just that nobody wants to have a piece of uh, light that breaks right away. And that's exactly what happens with it. That is one of the reasons why uh, if you watch my videos on equipment, most of the time I don't have the piece of equipment and I'm giving you just basic information on how it works, what's intended to do, not an opinion because there is so many pieces of equipment out there that I wouldn't recommend to anybody, but someone else might love. Yeah. So I have like Pioneer's one. Uh, they make solid equipment. Everybody loves them, but I don't. Mm -hmm. They tend to, uh, in my opinion, they tie down certain things that are intended only for um, either hardware-only stuff or Serato-only, and I can't remap them to do what I want. So there's a lot of stuff on their equipment, certain devices, uh, that I just can't even use. So that doesn't mean that they're bad by any shape of the, you know, of anything. It's just that I can't look at that and go, yeah, you guys should get this, but I couldn't tell you why you want to get it. Yeah. Um, there's brands that I've used and DJed for that they come out with a new piece of equipment and I've I've had it in my studio for 15 minutes and went, nope. Uh, nope. Not gonna, nope. I wouldn't, I wouldn't knew immediately it. then I never wanted to own it and couldn't do a review on it because I would just talk smack on it. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to be in this business, to try to be full-time, make a living at influencing all that and be honest. That's why I think I've kind of backed away from that because I'm, I'm a really, really, really honest person. And it's hard for me to put a spin on something. And like John saying, it's good for this, try it for this without telling you don't try it for this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it becomes a, a sometimes you got to read yeah. between the lines, I guess is, a, is yeah, the it's, best way. It's, it's, it's a dance. Just like anything in life, I mean, car dealers, mm -hmm. whatever you're doing, everybody's selling you something. And there, so. been, and there have been times where a product in which I had gone through and I did not care for, and uh, we used. <laughs> no, it's not Mega Sig there, Ben. Um, ah, thirsty. Uh, thank you. Appreciate that. But uh, there have been times where there have been products, and I've been like, "Yeah, this is. I would not use it for this. I'd use it for that." And this, yeah. and then I, somebody comes back, and they're like, "You know, I absolutely love it." And it works so well for me, and I'm just so happy with it. And I, you know, it's like, hey, more power to you. Good for you. Um, I just, it didn't feel right for me or didn't sound right or whatever. And that, yeah. that happened actually with Gemini speakers. So there was somebody who used them and loved them. And I, I looked at them as rental, uh, rental throwaway speakers is really what they, uh, what I felt they were. So, Okay. So we got we got through that. Um, now we're we're almost uh, 
almost wrapping. If you we, have any questions, throw them out real quick. I mean, if you, if you have anything, yeah, I know because, tonight our, it wasn't the most taught. I mean, we thought we would have, at least I did. I can't speak for John thought that we would have some more information about the expo. Some people just kind of chiming in something, but we're really not hearing a lot. I, I literally yeah. went and searched hashtags right before we went on air and I was finding a whole lot. Yeah, really. I think Dan was the, the most, productive poster today i mean mike walter had had some things that he posted also um it was nice to see john johnny Roz. uh haven't seen uh, him at a show in a while so it was good to see that he was uh he was out there but yeah i think dan uh dan was sending sending photos over and we were p- putting them up on instagram today and and there was uh there was there was uh, quite a few quite a few good uh, good things. Oh Ben, that's that's a fun question. What is the worst piece of gear you have bought? Now that's gonna I can tell you where I bought it from. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, worst gear I actually paid for. Um, something there's and I there's a there's been a few. I can I can tell you that. Um, um if you can think of something, go ahead because I'm trying to think. One was a Vocal Pro microphone. It was. It was a uh, it was a, a two channel Vocal Pro, and I thought it was going to be the greatest thing because we were just uh, we had been doing uh, uh, karaoke for quite a while, and I thought, okay, two microphones, this is going to be awesome. And it, bought that thing, and it didn't even make half the show. But at the time, it was during the world of the 1990s where mail order it was like you got it, and either I paid to ship it back or you're stuck with it. So the microphones are going to get. Uh, the micro that microphone would probably be very high on that uh, that list. Um, I've had some lights that I bought over the years that I've I thought would look great, and I got them in the field and I used them once, and I hated them. Mine has to be one thing at the top of the list was uh, those of you who are old enough to remember the '90s. There was a company that was called American DJ, and it's it's not a DJ, is it? It's they were American DJ, and then they became American Audio, correct? Um, American Audio was a a sub company, so there yeah, was so it was it was CD players from the nineties. Yep, by American DJ. Yep, and that was that would have been the very first the uh, ADJ one hundred, I believe it was was the dual one. Um, it was separates with the with, came as a kit two two sides and a mixer that went in the center. Yep, yep, you had the. Yeah, and uh, they skipped so bad, and when you press play, there was a lag. So if you wanted to five, six, seven, eight drop, that was going to drop behind your finger hitting the thing, mm-hmm. and it was pretty much useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there, there were some of the early. That was, I was, that was my other spot. Is I bought a Gemini, uh, a Gemini two at one of the DJ shows. It was a, a dual, a dual deck uh, CD player from Gemini. It was like the thirty five hundred, I think, was the model number on it, and I was so excited got it home and uh, didn't have a show so i didn't open it up for about a month and and opened it up and, and it wouldn't work and nobody stood behind it no one it was like you bought it at the dj show it was buyer beware type of thing and i didn't know that at the time so that one never made it uh, never made it to a show uh let's see uh send me in there with the uh, honest review podcast to be different uh you're going to have a really tough time because uh, that I think everybody goes into it wanting to have and do honest reviews about gear because the only way you're going to get to do that is to self-fund it. And one of the, um, a few years back, we tried to, um, 
tried to have a, a uh, we've got the DJN TV training where we have some people who are, are helping to sponsor the DJN TV channel. About five years ago, we were going to be doing, we tried a different variation of that because we thought we're going to get away from sponsor money completely and just basically try to be crowdfunded. Because if we can do that, then we can go through and we can afford to to do on a, the, the reviews where we can go and take things apart if we need to. Um, but in order to do that, you got to buy the gear then. Because they're not going to just send you gear out and have you butcher it. That's just not going to happen. So that means that you've got to have our 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 operating budget was $100,000 a year, and we would need to have another $100,000 to buy gear. And that was just going to be the way it is. And yes, you could sell some of it, but I mean, you've got, and there's just no way that you can come up come up with things at that level. The closest to having something like that might have been uh, Digital DJ Tips, where they have got their educational part that's really the money generator or was the money generator. And then they could go and buy gear or get gear as they needed and then give some reviews on it. But even even they can't couldn't afford that. And they were the most profitable um, entity out there in the DJ industry for uh, for doing reviews and, and training and all those different things. So it's a great and noble thing. It's just financially impossible to do. Uh, Here's the worst part about that, John, that you have to keep in mind, no matter what you're reviewing, you're going to have just as many people agree with you as there's that disagree with you. Exactly. So you're never going to have an opinion you, that you go, oh, see, yeah, I was right. No, because there's going to be so many people that disagree with you that you're going to feel like you were wrong. And so it's that, again, why I backed away from doing the reviews is because it's like my opinion's my opinion, your opinion, your opinion. Uh, uh, as I make a video, don't expect me to comment back on your comments. I'm just, yeah. that's not my, I have better things to do in life. Yeah, yeah so, for sure. If you had that show, show to be honest, you would have, as many people supporting you saying, yes, I agree, as you would people telling you you're a stupid idiot, you don't know what good equipment is, well, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like oh, that. Very, very much so, yeah, because there's some people who would look just the Evolve 50s. Some people look at that and say, that's a, that's a, a child speaker. Why would you ever, you know, a real DJ wouldn't be caught dead with it. And then yet you've got uh, you know, 10 times the number of people who would say, you know, that's the greatest speaker in the world for the right, you know, that application, whatever that application is. Yeah. So I think, I think that becomes the thing is... Uh, in the honest review, I think is is out there. The honest reviewers are out there. I think it's the the you know jumping back to you know Obi Wan talking about you know from a, cer a certain perspective type of a thing. How how from a certain point of view, you know that was how it happened or that's how it would be. It becomes from a certain point of view, some of the gear can function for certain type of events, and you're trying to not diss anybody. You're trying not to badmouth anybody and, and ruin, you know, relationships uh, that could be uh, be beneficial for the business down the road. But you also don't want to be misleading people and saying that, oh my gosh, this little 10 inch uh, two-way speaker is so incredible. It will do all of your high school dances all by itself because it gets up to 106 decibels. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't want to go there. That, that becomes... But to say, you know, Some hey, of the speakers they push for big shows. I'm thinking, I own headphones that are louder. Yeah, yeah. There, there are there are occasionally it's like, what are they thinking? Especially when you go to Nam and you're looking at some of these little things. It's like a little 12 inch, and they've got these little line array that or these little arrays that have four four little drivers, and it's like four driver, four driver, four driver, and it's like that'll handle 400 people. Add two of them, and it's 800 people. It's like, no, it won't. What are you smoking? It will maybe do 100 people. And that's it. Well, but it's got a 400-watt amplifier pushing that 12-inch sub. Okay, I get, you know, SPL and, and efficiency and all that, but there's no way that that little sub is going to be putting out that kind of power at a 12-inch. It just cannot move enough air. 
It's called dynamics. It doesn't. Yeah, it's. And and <laughs> really, and why why I don't do that because it's just there's it's not even worth arguing about because you both can be right and you both can be wrong and you both could neither one matter. Yeah, see, I'm 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 never wrong. I just unless I talking to my kids or yeah i i that's again why i don't think i'm missing the expo this year is just the, the opinions i'm not one i just life's too short to sit and argue about whether a speaker's good for this or that if you want to buy it spend it my dad used to say when i would talk about things being you know is it worth it he goes well you know it's up to you you're spending the money do you think it's worth the money yeah it becomes your opinion on whether you think it's worth the money. Like uh, somebody there a little bit ago has talked about the expense of the Rev 7. I have the Rain 1 and it's nearly as expensive and I would have paid more for it. I think it's that good. But there's other people out there that wouldn't own a Rain 1 for nothing. Mm-hmm. So so somebody had asked, uh, sent me a private message here asking why you and I did not go to DJ Expo. Um, we'll talk about that. Uh, MJ, if you can hang out here when we go to the uh, the chill room afterwards uh let's let's talk about that there we're yeah. that because we're tonight we're gonna how he's not in how he's getting ready for uh dj the tomorrow night with at beret so mj and i are gonna go and hang out in the uh, chill room for a little while and say hey to you guys and uh yeah we'll we'll talk about why because uh you know it's uh it's not that we don't like going to the you know some of these shows and, and being part of it on occasion but we'll get into more detail there the so. swag i'm missing swag john yeah exactly of course you know dan is like the swag king he like if there's giving away something it's like did you get this did you get this how about this and it's like i think you- two or three shirts i own i was like where did you get that he goes oh, i got two of them you want one i'm like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and one year he had he had he had uh flashlights and thumb drives and and like keychainy things no. I got my Pioneer shirt from him that way. And I'm like, I didn't wait. They didn't have them. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, he yeah. knows what he's doing. He's, he's, he's a swag king there. So, so yeah, we'll, t- we'll do that next. Uh, DJNTV.com slash chill. We'll be hanging out there for a little while. And you guys can check in anytime you want to do that. Uh, tomorrow night uh, is Tuesday. The, we're going to come in and it's going to be kind of a, a little kind of a helter skelter evening tomorrow night because at eight o'clock Eastern is the beret uh, event is going to start. And then we're going to try to come, go live from that for a period of time tomorrow night. I don't know. That'll be nine o'clock Eastern somewhere in that bar, ballpark. And then uh, 10 o'clock Eastern is the Tuesday night music show. And uh, if everything lines up, I think we're going to come in and we're going to, um, going to talk about uh, talk. Uh, if I'm there, it's probably going to be '80s music. I'm just saying that's probably how how it's going to be. So, um, but yeah, fine to uh, come and hang out with you guys tomorrow night. Also, as we uh, we dig into some music things. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that's it. And then our next uh, is it next Monday? Yeah, next Monday is our our next DJ and feed training night, and we're going to be um, digging into to a little bit about how a person stays fresh and keeps your keeps your energy up. Uh, Dan's doing some interviews uh, with some different people about how they handle multiple events in a row and and keep that energy and, and don't get burned out at this time of the year. So he's going to be talking to some uh, variety of people, and one of which is uh, going to be Mike Walters. Going to be coming on. He'll be live uh, next Monday night with me, and uh, we'll be talking to him then. So anything else, MJ? Okay. Well, we're going to take about a five-minute break. We'll see you guys in the chill room, djntv.com slash chill. We'll catch you there. Good night, everybody. Uh-huh.